Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 116. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. We've got a wickedly heavy episode for you today, as we've got Aaron Pauly, current lead singer of Of Mice and Men, on the show today. And Of Mice and Men are currently releasing their second of three EPs to be released in 2021. The first was called Timeless. It was released in February. The second one, which is titled Bloom, will be released next week, May 28th. And the third will be sometime later this year. And we focus a good chunk of this interview on Bloom, actually, um, specifically the song Bloom. And I was pleasantly, I shouldn't say surprised, but it was pleasant to find out how well-spoken and insightful Aaron was about the music. And uh, Of Mice and Men weren't necessarily a band that I knew a ton about beforehand, so it was really cool to get to know Aaron and find some common interest, uh, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys today. Before we jump into today's episode, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment, and that is five songs by Of Mice and Men, recommended by myself, that you could check out before or after the interview if you are new to the band, or just to compare notes. But for now, here are five of my favorite songs by Of Mice and Men. I often like to start this off with something new, so the first song I'm going to recommend is that song Bloom off the Bloom EP that comes out next Friday, May 28th. Then from their previous album, Earth and Sky, I recommend the song Earth and Sky, and I also recommend the song How to Survive. From their 2018 album, Defy, I recommend the song Back to Me. And then lastly, from their 2014 album, Restoring Force, I recommend the song Would You Still Be There. And that's it. So if you are a big Of Mice and Men fan that is tuning in for the first time today, first of all, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we would love to have you back. And I would feel honored for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you are choosing to get your podcast today. And even more so, if you would leave us a nice comment and a five-star review. And like I said, if you're one of those big Of Mice and Men fans, there's definitely a lot more music I could know. So I would love to hear your recommendations. You can hit us up on the social media. We're on Instagram at the adamantium on facebook at the adamantium podcast and on twitter at adam r harrison but you can also usually find us just by searching the adamantium podcast all right waste not want not with this intro so let's get into today's episode this is episode number 116 of the adamantium podcast featuring aaron Polly of of mice and men thank you for choosing to listen to the podcast today we very much appreciate you the listener have yourself an amazing rest of the week. Get out there and enjoy the sunshine. And we will be back very soon with another interview for the enjoyment of your ear holes. Hello. Hey, Aaron, what's up, man? Oh, uh, yeah. I went to the doctors this morning, got my first vaccine shot. So I've oh, been nice. up for a minute. All right. I'm going to hold this power supply in between my knees because <laughs> the cable's not long enough. All right. There we go. So how are you feeling so far? Oh, fine. Yeah? That's yeah, no worse. Bad. No worse than usual. Yeah, we're a little bit behind. Well, actually, we're a lot a bit behind where I am, so... I think uh, I think life is probably a little bit more normal-ish where you are. Oh yeah, and I, I live in Orange County where people haven't really adhered to 
haven't tried <laughs> any of that the whole time, which is really unfortunate. But yeah, we are yeah, actually so. like we are actually currently in another lockdown where I am. So oh damn. Yeah. So we're I'm in Toronto and uh yeah, Ontario is like one of the worst places in North America right now. So uh, that sucks. Yeah, where yeah. we're at, I th- I think in Orange County, they reported I think thirty new cases or something yesterday, and, and, yeah. and no deaths. Yeah, but I think I think California got hit with it really hard initially. Yes, and then and then got hit with the second variant initially. Yeah, you know, because we're like, especially Southern California, we're a hub for a lot of like international travel and stuff. So I think things spread, but I'm not a scientist. So I I listen to, I I listen to them. Yeah, (laughs) me me too. We're, they say we're in the middle of a a third wave right now, but we, um, I think they reported yesterday we were down and we had 3000 new cases. So damn. Yeah. So it's, uh, but it's, it's because we, we are slow on the vaccine rollout. So but uh, I'm thinking they're thinking we should all be able to get our first by the end of this month. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, man, I'm sure, I'm sure I know I don't, and I'm sure you don't want to talk about COVID too much. So (laughs) let's talk, uh, let's talk about the music a little bit. So I've, uh, I've been listening to uh, the new, the new singles, which are all really hot, man. They're, they're sick. I love them. Thank you. Um, I found it interesting that you guys decided to release three EPs this year um, rather than go the route of, you know, putting out an album. Um, Can you tell me if that was just like a, was that just like a timing decision or was that uh, something that you guys meant to do stylistically? Um, It was a little bit of both. It was something we kind of wanted to try uh, experimentally as far as like releasing music. Uh, And at the same time, creatively, it allows us to sort of, it's it's almost kind of like a catch and release type thing where mm-hmm. where you you know you it's, we just write a song you capture a creative idea and then you get to release it and it gets to be like not only just relevant to your life and where you're at when you create it but you mm-hmm. know your fans can kind of partake in that at the same time as you do I think it's kind of an interesting um, it's an interesting thing to do artistically after doing so many albums you know just the 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 typical album rollout. Um, and, you know, I think it it was something that we had kind of discussed doing before the pandemic. So the fact that we had to then change everything to working remotely, um, working on EPs, it ended up being, I think, um, uh, something that, you know, working on an EP, a shorter format versus doing a longer format, you benefit from being able or being forced rather to use, um, things like zoom, you know, we did a lot of our writing over zoom, right? So um, I think when you're working on smaller projects, it can be more cohesive and it's less daunting to do something like that remotely. Exactly. But yeah. it also lets you kind of separate them stylistically too, you know, like you're not necessarily trapped in a box of, well, this album's supposed to sound this way. So we got to stick to that kind of for these 10 songs. Instead, it's like, here's a couple songs. And if a few months from now we want to sound a little bit different, you know, it's, it is something different. Oh, definitely. I think it's um, it, it it sort of breaks down maybe some of those creative expectations from fans when they when they know you're releasing multiple projects and everyone gets to kind of have its own vibe and you know it, it ends up being that way usually on records. But what ends up yeah. happening with records is you write songs in chunks and then um, you end up sort of dispersing those chunks, those songs you know right. interchangeably throughout the record. 
Right. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, it's it works the same way, but with this, it, it almost gets to be a little bit more uh, chronological and linear, you know, because mm-hmm. songs either explicitly or implicitly tell a story of some kind, you know. Right. So I think it's it's cool to sort of be able to do that chronologically. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Sharp Tone's been an awesome, you know, creative partner in that as well. Right. I go, I kind of go back and forth on the the way, like, uh, you know, modern day, it's it's uh, you know the single release rather than you know, I I don't want the album to become a dying art, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like you mentioned, if you write a song, it's not necessarily you're not going to be feeling the same thing necessarily eight months from now when you write a different song for the same album. So it's kind of nice to put out something that's on your mind right there in the moment. Yeah, and you get to sort of experience it with hmm. people, you know. I think a lot of times what can happen is you don't become separated from the art, you know, if you have like a a really rough life experience or something and you put hmm. that into a song, um you you can kind of share the moment in time with people right. while it's sort of still that moment in time whereas a lot of times, you know, with a lot of music you have to sit on it for Right. You know, sometimes in upwards of a year. Yeah. There's been times where we've had music finished and we've sat on it for like nine or 10 months. Your life can completely change in a year, too, you know? And I think that, yeah. So I think it's sort of like a more farm to table approach if you're into food. I was thinking (laughs) you you guys are on that kind of on that uh, situation, too. You guys released an album in 2019 and like likely not going to get to tour it till two years later. And it's like, uh, it almost feels like uh, you're, you're kind of in that situation. Like here's, you know, generally you wouldn't tour an album that was created two years ago, but you never had a chance to really. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, the importance of touring um, as far as a promotional tool for your mm-hmm. for album, you know, I think that that's probably, you know, unfortunately that's gone. Mm-hmm. So because we didn't, you know, and, and live shows and touring is part of creative expression. It's part mm-hmm. of like an offshoot of our art. Like it's an offshoot of what we do. Absolutely. Um, and I think that when you, you know, for the last year that we haven't had that, we've focused on the outlets that we do have, you know, things like doing Twitch and hanging out with our fans, things like mm-hmm. just making music. Like yeah. if we can't play live music, but we're more than capable of creating music with each other over zoom. Mm -hmm. You know, I did the mixing and mastering. Like we did the entire thing in house, like, you know, so far, all of the EPs, everything's been done by the band in house. And it's awesome because it's, it's, that's something that 100% yours too. Yeah. And it's some, well, it it just keeps us sane. It's just Mm. something to do. (laughs) If you can't, if you can't sleep at two in the morning, you can come sit down at your desk and you can work on some music. It's, it's, it's sort of empowering in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing that technologies got to that point. Cause you couldn't do this 10 years ago like that. No, you know? I mean, even just being able to work as a band from, you know, five different cities, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you, you'd be mailing, board. you'd, you'd be mailing hard drives. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because, because it would take too long to upload and download things yeah, like that. Absolutely. So you would be more than likely mailing hard drives to people. And we, it's we, like, we, it's, if, if this had happened 10 years ago, we just wouldn't have, we wouldn't really have much music for two years. Yeah. You, you'd, you'd have, you'd have a very limited scope yeah. of releasing, but you know, a yeah. lot of bands, a lot of artists can you know, do this or, or have friends 
that that are into audio production and stuff. And there's a lot of great tools out there that didn't exist 10 years ago and all mm. kinds of like virtual instruments and plugins and things like that. Like there's, it's, it's kind of limitless as far as like creativity and, and right. where technology sort of caught up with that. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's cool because things like this allow us to have a sense of community with one another when, mm. you know, when isolation can be a really big problem during the yeah. pandemic. It's, it's good that we can get on a routine where we're like zooming each other and working on music and things, you know, it's, it's a time that, yeah, it's, it's actually like that camaraderie is almost uh, so necessary. even. Oh yeah. It's, it's, inc- was- it's incredibly valuable. You know what it was, I was just saying to my, I'd like made a challenge for myself in the last week that I was telling my girlfriend that it was like in the last year, I found it so easy to lose, um, to fall out of touch with people because you're not oh, seeing yeah. them. So I like in the last month, I, I've literally every day I've been trying to reach out to someone that I haven't spoken to in a while and just reconnect and find that out. Rules. Yeah. And just, and it's not hard to do one person a day, you know? And, uh, just so you don't, you know, like, you know, it's, I think they like it, you know, they appreciate it. And I really appreciate hearing back from them. So this is just so easy to, especially when you're in a lockdown, just to, you know, fall into the same routine every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there was, uh, two songs in particular I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. The first being the, the latest single bloom. Um, and I listened to it like several, several times uh, last night in, in preparation. And I get this like almost like beautifully kind of sorrow vibe to the song. Um, and the theme that I was kind of picking up from the song was uh, a song that like we as humans uh, are meant to flourish in what little time we have here, but that nothing lasts forever. Um, and I wasn't, I wanted to see, you know, where 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 your vibes were when when you were writing this song or, or working on this song if it was a, something similar if that's a, like the theme that that you were kind of feeling yeah no you nailed it that's okay. exactly that's exactly the song um the sound even you know there's a lot of it's it's a incredibly heavy song and at the same time there's a lot of like really sort of pretty and mm-hmm. beautiful elements i think that life is like that yeah. And and death is like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's um it's the nature of things. Mm-hmm. There's a, the the Japanese have an expression, it's called mono no aware, and it 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 means like the gentle sadness of things. And it's Sad. it's the fe- it's the feeling you get in understanding that there is a beauty in impermanence and there's also a sadness in impermanence and those things exist together and they have a, they have a word for it. Whereas we kind of don't, you know, Um, it's something that we don't really talk about in, in Western culture as much, but the idea of, it's just the awareness of it. It's not even necessarily a cognizant thing. I think the older you get and the more people in your the more friends you lose and the more family you lose, the more just keenly aware of it you are, you know, it's not something you necessarily think about or, or ascribe a feeling to that you're living in, but it's more feeling that it's cold in the room. You're just aware of the fact that it's cold. I think you become aware of impermanence, the older mm-hmm. you get, you become more aware of it. Yeah. It, it It's uh, that's the, like the exact feeling. I was like, I get these, it's like, 
that's exactly it was like beautifully sorrow was the best way I could describe it. And I was like, I yeah. feel awesome, but also a little bit sad while I'm listening to this. And uh, I think you guys really nailed the the vibe. Um, so it was kind of cool to hear you say that. I, that's kind of what I felt was kind of what you were feeling too. No, definitely. That's, mm. you know, music is communication. It's, it's mm. the universal language. A lot of times a, a, a question I get asked a lot uh, as a, vocalist and lyricist is what comes first music or vocals for me it's always music because to me it's it's extrapolating i do my best to try and extrapolate a lyrical theme from the music because music is a language you play anybody in the world regardless of what language they speak a sad song on a violin and they know it's sad because mm -hmm. music is a way of communicating to me when i try and write i try and do that you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's extrapolating. I try and to me, it's not so much of, um, it's not so much, you know, building a statue out of clay as mm -hmm. much of it is sort of trying to chisel one out of marble. Cause I think there's always something to be said in music. I don't think music needs vocals or lyrics, but I think that you can always sort of find something in there if you're, if you're, sort of in tune with that. I think, I think it's amazing you say that too, because I, one, one question I generally don't like asking people is, you know, what do you, what did this, what does this song mean? Because mm -hmm. I mean, for one, especially lyrics, they can be interpreted by everyone so differently and they can mean something different to everybody, but just even just the tone of the, the music itself gave you that, like we said, the beautifully sorrow feeling. And so it's almost seems to me, feels like unanimous in that song. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the instrumental comes out that way because it's a byproduct of us and us getting feelings out, mm -hmm. you know, ex experiencing losses in our families and things like that. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's it inevitably, you know, being on both sides of it, working on the music and lyrics, it's kind of, hmm. I'm, I'm always sort of connected to it that way. So I, I already kind of know going into it, what it will probably be about working on it for a little bit, but like for all of us to be able to put those feelings into our playing and then into the song and for that to like resonate so strongly. Do you find that sometimes uh, the way the music is also changes the way you deliver the vocals? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's the vocals a lot of times are a thread and they, mm -hmm. they sort of thread the different elements and musical elements of a song together so that the listener has sort of an illuminated path to follow through the song. Cause I think most people, that's what most people connect with first and foremost is, is melody and, and yeah. mel melody, rhythm and, and, uh, lyrics, you know? So I think, um, but ultimately for me, it's, I, I, I treat it more like a thread than like a spotlight to illuminate the mm -hmm. path and say, well, this is what this song is about. And this is, right. <laughs> you know, there's one way of interpreting this. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, you know, I, but at the same time, it is communication. So for, mm -hmm. for something to happen in our lives that inspires something like that to then hear you say that that resonates with you and that you can pick up on that, then that's sort of, um, that's success. Success mm -hmm. to me in music is effective communication. Mm -hmm. So for somebody to be able to pick up on, on something like that is, is um, it's the whole end goal, you know? Right. 
Well, I think you guys did a very, very good job of it. Um, Thank you. The uh, the second song I wanted to ask about um, is probably is my, is my favorite um, of my cement song, and that's how to survive. Um, and that song I love just because the lyrics the lyrics feel so dark, and I love the hook of the the chorus. Um, so I did I I did actually uh, was hoping to ask you if you could expand on what the inspiration behind that song was, because it felt like it did come from somewhere somewhat specific. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that one. I don't, I'm trying to think back. That's 2016, which is like in band years, that's like 30 years. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even just, no, that, it's even just the main chorus line that in, in a world that teaches an eye for an eye, I'll show you how to survive just feels so uh, like powerfully dark that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of about, um, I think it's more about self-empowerment than anything. Um, you know, I think um, a lot of times um, when you feel like you're getting shit on, regardless of whether you are or not, it makes it harder to thrive in your life. It makes it harder. You know, I think taking power over um, and having agency enough to say, you know, I can stand up for myself when I need to, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about being cruel, but it's about being like, you know, you need to be able to, to, um, I don't know. (laughs) I think, I think more than anything, it's just, it's supposed to just be a a self-empowering song because I know a lot of our fans and people that have connected with our music are people that generally feel marginalized in some way or another, which Mm -hmm. is why they turn to, heavy aggressive music in the first place um yeah i don't know that it necessarily goes too much deeper than that okay. but um yeah well i love I that thought of, I, haven't, I, I haven't thought i haven't thought you haven't thought about that one in a while or or, or the writing of it through uh through so. a curveball at you <laughs> yeah yeah um for you who does I, I find it really interesting you uh specifically who does the clean and the harsh vocals uh for the music now do you have to i mean for me i'm not a vocalist at all but if i try and do harsh vocals at all uh, like my voice is shot in five minutes like <laughs> is there like do you have to do a lot of training for your voice to especially to switch between them um more so back in the day now the, the light turned off now uh it's it's more muscle memory so it's kind of like um replicating an accent i guess if you will yeah um but yeah no back in the day uh i used to watch like melissa cross dvds she has a uh she's a brilliant vocal coach and she has a whole series called the zen of screaming Mm. um yeah it's just about using appropriate technique so you're making the sounds without necessarily yelling as loud as you can right (laughs) yeah very cool man um you, I mean, you started playing music, uh, I read from the age of eight and have been in bands since you were like 13. Um, did you ever, did you ever have a, was there ever a backup plan? Um, did you ever, I don't think so. Really? eh? So from the beginning, from you, you were a child, it was music, music, music. Uh, it it was music and Taekwondo and then very cool. And then it was music and skateboarding. Yeah. And then it was music and like, 
video games and i think that's where i've been for the last gotcha 15 years <laughs> did you ever no you know it's it's um it's um no go ahead i was just gonna say did you ever have any kind of uh or what kind of jobs did you have at the beginning like to support yourself when you were starting this dream uh i worked my first job ever was at burger king okay i worked in the, I worked in the kitchen yeah. Uh, that was a dope job. I worked with all my friends. It was yeah, sick. Yeah. I, I actually really liked it. Like I have yeah. no qualms about my time at Burger King. Uh, I worked at a shoe store. That sucked. Um, you lose faith in humanity really quick when you work at a shoe store, especially on Black <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Like people's people's inability to like take two shoes, try them on and put them back in a box and put that box away. It just <laughs> makes you lose total faith in humanity. Um and then I worked like a bunch of retail jobs. Uh, and then I started like recording and producing bands uh, locally in my hometown, you know, friends and stuff like that. Mm. And then that branched out. And I was doing that professionally when I was singing uh, in the band I was in before of my band called Jamie's Elsewhere. So I was doing like audio production work. So that was always kind of my fallback was like, right. I'll play in bands until I'm just like old and washed and then I'll record music because I love yeah. music. So it's just something I really enjoy doing. So now I'm doing both, which is really cool. Like when the pandemic happened, I got really, really, really into like audio production stuff and, and doing that again. So, which was cool. I hadn't had like a ton of time to do really anything. I think the last mm. thing that I mixed and mastered was like the Of Mice and Men Live at Brixton right. DVD that we did a few years back. And yeah. so like, I hadn't had a lot of time. I'd done a lot of like production stuff when we would demo and do pre-production, but not like actually making a record, making a record. So it's mm -hmm. been cool to do. Very cool, man. I, I think I actually have a similar experience, like to your Burger King experience. My first job was at an EB games and it's probably, which is GameStop in the States. That's dope. And, yeah. And it was probably still my favorite job to date because <laughs> Cause you just hung out with your friends and spoke, talked video games all day. <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. All I did was just make burgers and just like shoot the shit with my friends. It was yeah. tight. What's, yeah. And they paid and they paid you to be there. He paid you and six seventy six seventy five an hour. Yeah, man, that's us in my first was seven fifty an hour. It was brutal. Yeah, dude, six seventy five an hour. I was trying to tell this to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, I used to work the six to nine shift. I made after taxes taken off, I made less than twenty dollars in a night. Like, was, <laughs> oh, we were they were working us illegally. We were doing like forty hour work weeks at yeah. like sixteen during the summer, but nobody complained because yeah. you had so much money to go to the mall and buy right. like bullshit. Bye. Like black light posters and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like Spencer's. Those are the days, man. Those are the days. Um, you mentioned your twit uh doing Twitch, and I, I did see that you recently started hosting a uh morning coffee and chill sesh on Twitch. Yeah. So what what kind of uh what kind of things can fans expect on those? Uh I would set expectations reasonably low. <laughs> um <laughs> no, it's just kind of just whatever. Just, flavor of the day i don't know okay just kind of just kind of going on and hanging out you know and for it me, it, about it's, not, it's uh it's like just fans about talk whatever. about the music or it's about kind of just whatever honestly like it's it's okay. more than it's me producing any sort of content for anybody it's just creating a space for people to hang out like okay. we have you know there's usually like you know between 20 and 30 people that are regulars that hang out in there right. and so it's not it's not so much about like 
I'm sort of just like juggling at the party while everyone's like right hanging gotcha. out and doing stuff more than it's like hosting you a guys, concert are you or anything any, like are you that. Doing any gaming on it or I have okay, so I've set it up recently, but I haven't done any gaming on it. Okay. Is there anything good you're playing at the moment? Mm, I yeah, the new well old vintage but it's like the new series of diablo 3 just came out yeah, yeah. um i love cyberpunk i really 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 enjoy that I game just finished cyberpunk it's so you, good you like it i really enjoy I'm, it i'm a little on the fence about it i'm a little on the fence about it i did what you, like it what, what do you play on uh, on ps5 Oh, okay. So they probably look pretty good. It did look pretty I good. I play on PC and it looks awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, have, I, have, I have no complaints. I was a huge fan of the Witcher series. Uh, oh, fantastic game. Yeah. Huge fan. So, I mean, completely different games, but... Uh, oh, yeah. There was there was parts of, of Cyberpunk that, that frustrated me, but uh, overall, I did like it. I did like it. Yeah. I Story think anything that, anything that immersive where it's like, yeah. oh, I could just... I could just run literally for 30 minutes and that's how long it takes for me to like run from oh, one side of the map to the other. No loading screens or anything like that. It's yeah. pretty impressive. It's but. one of those games too, that like you could play for four hours and I'd be like, I feel like I accomplished very like just cleaning up the map. Pretty oh, much. I like, do it. I do it. Yeah. It, what's funny is sometimes I do it where I'm playing for like an hour and a half and I haven't done anything. Yeah. Yeah. Are I, you... I, re- I, I, I realize when I'm going to quit, I'm like, do I need to save it? I don't think it I did single anything. story like, mission. Yeah. No, I just kind of ran around just yeah. marveling you, and like, are you uh, a completionist who has to like clean up all the side missions and. Oh no, no, I, 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 I no, I do side missions to like, like buff my character. Level and up. then I, and then I do side missions when I'm about to finish the game so that I don't have to finish the game. Gotcha. Yeah, I have like, I have like one last mission on cyberpunk, like in the main storyline. Yeah, and then yeah. now I'm just doing all the side quests just for fun. Gotcha. But cool. There's that. Um, I should just open it. Actually. I'm like trying to think about it. Um, call of duty, destiny, uh, Valheim. I downloaded okay. Valorant and I'm terrible. So I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> And then Sea of Thieves is a tremendously fun game. Okay, which one's that? Uh, it is you and up to three of your friends okay. can just be pirates and just sail around. Awesome. But when you're but when you're on a four person, uh, when you're on like a four person galleon, you have everyone has to do something. You have to like man the sails and steer, right. and it's really fun because you can also get into fights with people. Um, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I was it's always, a tremendously fun game after Call of Duty. Like if you're right. playing Call of Duty with the boys and your blood boils over, it's a good, been a good, good way of like simmering that down. Yeah. Well, I found there's never been, I've never been fully satisfied with a pirate game. They really need a good, solid pirate. Mm. But Sea of Thieves, it's fantastic. Okay. One my still one of my favorite games of all time from when I was a kid was Escape from Monkey Island. And today oh, I never played it. You never played them? They are, they're like a point and click adventure pretty much, but they were, the puzzles were incredibly one difficult, uh, <laughs> but also like, it was just like the funniest game you've ever played, but uh, great, great. One of my favorites of all time. Um, have you ever seen, what's his name has an amazing Twitch, uh, Matt Ethy from Trivium. Oh Yeah. Yeah, his his Twitch is like insanely professional. I also noticed recently I was I was having a, a glance through your Twitter. 
to uh, see if we could pick up a few questions from there. And one thing, uh, one tweet that really stood out to me was you tweeted recently about uh, dreaming of singing the ballad memory with Linkin Park again from the hunting party tour. Mm. Um, obviously it has to be a very memorable uh, experience. Can you tell me uh, what that memory is like for you and, and what made it so special? Um, yeah. So I remember a few, like we were a handful of shows into the hunting party tour in Europe and the, the guys, uh, Chester and Mike had like come into our dressing room and basically asked if I was interested in doing it. And it's like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, by that point we're kind of becoming friends and whatnot, you know, fast friends. And it's funny because it's, you know, I went to, I would always go to stage early with my in-ears and just listen to their show the way that they heard it, you know, not the way that the audience hears it, but the way that they are listening to uh. themselves perform. My mix, my in-ear mix was basically Chester's mix with my additional microphone that I was singing because I was doing harmonies primarily. Yeah. Um, and I would just sit and just marvel at how great the band was mm -hmm. just raw, like how great they were just listening to themselves raw, not with anything that the audience is hearing, you know, and um. I remember the first time doing it, it didn't feel like uh, like a holy shit, I'm singing with Linkin Park moment. It felt hmm. like, oh, I'm singing a song with my with my boys, right. like with my friends. And this is it, it. It was the exact same feeling that I would get going to one of my friends band shows or something. And right. you get on stage and sing with them or something. It's it was very much it very much felt like that. And it was always a very cool thing to experience because a lot of times when I sing, I close my eyes. It's just something I do not for any particular reason. I don't think necessarily, but like sometimes you open your eyes and you really take account of where you are and what you're doing and what's happening. And it's, mm -hmm. it, it was, you know, it's cliche to say, but it was magical. It felt magical. Yeah. Awesome. man. that's a very cool, the, uh, hybrid theory tour was the very first concert i ever went to so sick yeah and it's a pretty good one to say is your fair yeah it was uh it was in high school and it was like lincoln park pod Puba stank and story of the year banger yeah yeah it's a good it's a good first concert story <laughs> a lot of black t-shirts at that one. Oh my gosh yeah and i, I actually <laughs> I, I do remember <laughs> do you remember there was like uh, one of my memories from from that too, especially because I was like 15 at the time, is there would have been like a lady, she was like in her 40s that was smoking crack in <laughs> the row in front of me. And I just remember like the smell, like it was just, <laughs> I'd never been around that before. And I was like, well, this, I was, I was like, is this what concerts are like? <laughs> well, since, since, since like, smells or smells the smell memory link is very strong the next yeah. time you smell crack it'll probably take you right back to that right show. back to lincoln park yeah <laughs> i have great memories of the smell of crack <laughs> <sighs> yeah nostalgia yeah <laughs> um and my last thing i, I want to chat about because i did notice just from your instagram was that uh you guys are big uh disney fans and uh, uh take a lot of trips to disneyland so just had a few used to What's that? Used to. Uh, exactly. I know my, I have a cousin that works at Disney World and uh, we had some good memories going down there the few years before, what seems like a long time ago, but yeah. 
So uh, I was just curious, what are what are some of your favorite rides or attractions at Disneyland? Oh, space! Uh, you name it. I, I yeah. don't know. They're all of it's nostalgic, right? And all of it, and all of it has memories from mm-hmm. childhood going there, from uh, young adulthood. You know, having having one too many drinks over in California Adventure and pillaging around Disneyland. You know, there's it's it's to me it's the ambiance more than yes. anything. Yeah. I could I I I would like to go and just sit. Mm-hmm. on main street just chill i don't know I it's, it's yeah. uh everything is super nostalgic um yeah. you know i proposed to my lady there Amazing. <laughs> you know Amazing. i i think um one thing that comes to mind last year uh in february before everything locked down we went to club 33 for her birthday yeah um and that's always fantastic purely because of the memorabilia that they have in there I don't know if you're yeah. familiar, but it's like Walt's, um, yeah. like private diner. You know, we we know somebody who is friends with the members, so we've been blessed to be able to go a few times. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to go again. It would be, but I but they also I think they did away with the annual pass. So oh really? Huh. Yeah, at least for now. So it becomes, right, uh, right. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Right it now. becomes infinitely more expensive than when you're talking about a thousand bucks for the year or what what's 200 bucks every time you go that's true it is so because i go down to the one in florida but it's like to go for three days is like uh it's it's, it is expensive i'm lucky i have a cousin that works there (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah did you uh did you get to experience the star wars park before we did we did yeah i haven't checked it out yet how was that it was super cool. What was actually funny was Natalie Portman was there. We only saw the oh. back of her head, though. Okay, okay. And cool. somebody somebody said it to us when we were we were in line at one of the rides in uh, Star Wars Land, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, "Oh yeah, Natalie Portman's here. There she is." And it was like yeah. she had to have been like this big, and it was just the back of her head. But yeah. You look and you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> what spot did you pick to propose to your lady in front of? In front of the castle. The castle has to be, has to be. Oh yeah. You know, you know what's really, what's really bizarre. So you are exactly eight days older than me. <laughs> oh what? Know. Yeah. A August, good time. Good time to be born. August twelfth, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. And uh, both our ladies' name is Amanda. Nice. Yeah. Funny coincidence. I feel like we should hang out. I'd love to hang out at Disney World sometime. Did you? Uh, did you get a chance to see Soul yet? Mm. Oh, you got to watch that one. You got to watch that one. Is that one of the new uh, Pixar movies? Came out last year, yeah, and it's about music. And oh, nice! You're and all specifically about your soul's link to music, and so oh, nice! Definitely, highly recommend. Yeah, sounds like a tearjerker. Sounds like they it, put some sad parts in it there. Is, it is. Well, it's Pixar, you know, so there's always <laughs> it's got to start sad. Yeah, either it starts sad or it gets sad in the middle. That's what my, my girlfriend said. She was like, right at near the beginning, she's like, well, that guy's going to die because this is Pixar. And it's like, anyways, Aaron, I, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your day to do the podcast. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, all the best with the release of the second EP and then the third one, whenever that may be. Yep, and, it's, uh, it's coming. Can't wait to hear it, man. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you too, man. Hopefully- I was going to say, hopefully next time we'll, uh, we'll be able to meet in person here in Toronto or. Yep. Sounds good. I hope things, uh, I hope things lighten up a little bit over there and, uh, 
wish speedy recoveries for everybody. Appreciate it, man. All hey, right. you have a good one, all right? You have a good day. See you later. Take it easy. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.